Hey, 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 everybody. Today for you, podcast number 019. Today's podcast is titled Keep the Change. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and today we have a special guest. Uh, We have my son, uh, Nate Lombardi, who is soon to be uh, Dr. Nate Lombardi in another year. So he's in chiropractic college. But uh, this is the Limitless Life Network podcast, where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you deserve. And this podcast is for you if you want to live a life with less limitations and more freedom with a healthier mind, body, and spirit. So I want to help you to recognize and tap into the limitless power that's available to you at any given moment. Um, So today's podcast is uh, going to be a great one uh, entitled Keep the Change, right? And um I invited my oldest son, Nate, uh, to be on this podcast because he's headed back to to finish up uh, a couple more quarters in chiropractic college. Uh, but tonight, today we're going to be talking about uh, about change and something that is related to change and making changes uh, and removing limitations. Um, and it all is stemming from a book that I know Nate read last year, and uh, it's called Atomic Habits. I mentioned it in last. Uh, week's podcast as well. So Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear. There's some really great points in this book. I, I highly recommend it for um, for people to read, especially if they're looking at improving improving habits and uh, making some changes this uh, this year. We're January right now, so we're getting the new year started. So um, Nate, what are what are a couple of things that uh, you, you know you read the book a year ago, right? Yeah, I read it last year. And, um, you know, what are a couple of the things that right off the bat, like, you know, you, you stick out to you in your mind that maybe how you implemented that? I think a lot of it was like action steps. What I took away from it was, yeah, you have and I have like goals in my life, but mm-hmm. it's how do I like reach those points? And like, what are the steps that I need to take to get there? Um, like the whole book is kind of about like compounding um, habits. And that's and habits compound on each other, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how like I got it was like um I think I really got from it was like like waking up early and um like making sure I'm having like structure everything structured in my life like there's a process to everything yeah and and I and I something that I've noticed just watching your progression and growth over the last year is that you've become very, what seems very disciplined to me, um, more than before, right? I think yeah. you've know, you've had a lot of, you've seemed to be pretty disciplined um, and pretty motivated, but you've seen more discipline. And do you think that some of that came from this? Yeah, definitely that book helped me a lot because at the time I was reading that book, I'd had an ankle surgery and um, it was kind of like life altering for me at least because I'm a very active person Mm -hmm. and I need my ankle to do a lot of things that I like to do. Mm -hmm. So I had to create like action steps to get back to and better than what I was before. 
And so it just like gave me another goal that I love like going after things. Mm -hmm. And so like recovering from the ankle surgery was very like addicting. I was like, oh, like let me test the limits and how far can I like bring this? And yeah. sometimes that is my demise is I will push too hard. But I think that the book was really good about like progression and okay. like understanding like the process of things and not trying to get uh, a certain place like too fast. Mm hmm. Okay. Because we live in like an instant gratification society and um, it's easy to like want to chase that like quick fix to things. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I see a lot of people that, that struggle with change. They struggle with yeah. trying to develop new habits and new behaviors and they, they struggle to keep it for the long haul. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the, the theme of this uh, podcast is how do you keep the change? And uh, outside of this book, um, I was reading through a notebook that I have from a seminar I went to a long time ago. And one of the notes that I wrote down, and this is point number one, is the brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. And and I think that that's, uh, you know, what's your spin on that? That's a really good point because that is true. Like the brain doesn't know what fa what's not real and what is real. And we create our own reality. That's something I took from that book as well is like what you make of your life is your own. Mm -hmm. Like you create the reality that you live in. Um, a good point is we we're talking to my sister earlier about her her she has a fantasy that she's bad at math. Um, the reality is she maybe struggles in it a little bit, but she's creating this fantasy that she'll never be good at it. And she's bad. And that is a fantasy because she can be good at it. Yeah. But yeah. the brain per se doesn't know the difference. Yeah. And, and, and that's a, you know, that's just one example. And we're going to kind of touch on that with one of the other points a little more deeply, which you're jumping ahead a little bit, not knowing because I didn't prepare him for this at all. And, uh, but I knew he would do that because of how intertwined all these points really are. So, um, but the, you know, consciously and subconsciously, like we subconsciously will say things that are not necessarily true. Um, you can also use that to your advantage, um, almost like a fake it till you make it, um, a fake it till you make it mindset, right? Yeah. And uh, that that is also something that I want people to really kind of, you know, wrap their own head around and, and really think about because, you know, I, I, you, I hate to see people, and as a parent, I hate to see, it's really hard to watch people that have potential not ever even come close to that potential. And, um, you know, I know that it's always been a, a struggle of my own to try to find my own potential because that's always been a frustration when I don't feel like I'm up to my potential, like I know I'm capable of more. And so that is uh, kind of like something that helps push me forward. So I, I know that's something that, you know, <laughs> I think you've got that wired in you pretty deeply. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, point number two is goals don't produce success, systems do. So what, what is that? What, what do you mean? I mean, what do I mean by that? Goals don't produce success. Don't, don't successful people always set goals? Yeah, they do, but <laughs> they have a process to get there. Yeah. And, and why is it that, you know, like 
goals don't produce the success, right? Like, so here's, I can think of an example of a goal that I was really lofty that I set for myself um, probably about 13 years ago. And I remember crushing the goal. And at the end of the day, I was like, okay, now what? Like nothing magical happened. Yeah. Like it was a goal, it was a benchmark, and and like I still like nothing revolutionary changed. Mm-hmm. And and I realized, wow, what was the point of the goal? And the point of the goal was not the goal, right? The point of the goal was the growth that that, comes it, with it. that, that it took to get there. And um, so, for instance, like everybody that goes into the Olympics in whatever event they all have the goal for what? Gold medal. Yeah, a gold medal. And, you know, only one person gets the gold medal in any event, unless there's a tie. Sometimes they award two gold medals, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the point is, is that who ends up winning the gold medal had a different journey, right? Yeah. And sometimes it comes down to physical ability, but a lot of times it comes down to the system's that brought them there, mm-hmm. you know, and those systems were perfectly designed to produce the goal that they achieved. So I guess it, it, we're not saying that goals are not important to have, but more important are the systems behind how you're going to get to those goals and, and ultimately what's the whole reason. So um, another example that kind of clarifies it even more is like, say you have a really, you know, a messy room and, you know, your mother screams at you enough times. And what do you do? You finally clean it up. You finally clean it up and you, and it takes you, you know, a while to do it because you let things go. But the room, the messy room is really a symptom, a symptom, right? Yeah. Like, why did it get messy in the first place is really where you need to have it addressed. Like, you know, I remember in college, living in a dorm room, I didn't want my stuff like out for people to see if they walked into my dorm room. So I always found a place for everything to be put away. And so I developed a system of like dirty clothes go in the clothes basket. When the clothes basket gets full, that's when I do laundry, you know, like whatever. And you make your bed because people come into your room. You you had a system and therefore your room was always neat and tidy. But if you just muster up the energy that one time to clean it, you're just addressing the symptom. You're not getting at the cause of the issue of why it was created in the first place. And that that spills over to many areas of our lives is that we look at the system and we don't look at the system. We look at the we look at the problem. We look at the symptom and not the system. Yeah. That's yeah. A good point. Okay. So um point number three is beware of the yo-yo effect. What is the yo-yo effect? Do you remember what that is? No, I don't. Okay, so me. yeah. Well, do you do you 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 trained really hard for uh, a local road race? Do you remember that? Yeah, the Boilermaker. Okay, so it's a it's, <laughs> it's a really popular uh, road race in Central New York, the Boilermaker. It's fifteen kilometer race, nine point three miles, and uh, it's it's hard to even get into it. You got to register quickly because it fills up, yeah. and um, so. What did you do to, uh, you know, hit your goal of running the Boilermaker besides signing up? 
I was running eight miles a day, usually doing <laughs> lifting weights and stuff. I was an undergrad at the time, so yeah, had, had time to do this. Yeah, yeah, some extra time. So um, nutrition wise, was pretty dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just like had a like had a routine that I kept to, and I was like progressing really well. Trained with my uh, neighbor mm-hmm. a couple times. That was humbling. Yeah, because he's he's uh, an Ironman athlete. Yeah, so, so was, very very good runner and. Uh, so yeah, you you did all these things to achieve that goal, and then what happened after the race? My feet hurt. Your feet hurt, <laughs> <laughs> and the race was over. And the race was over, and then what? I did not run as much. Yeah, and that's the yo-yo effect: is that you created all these habits and disciplines around getting to a goal, and then once the carrot has been achieved then you lose those habits and behaviors because you no longer have the goal anymore in front of you. And that can be defeating. Um, and mentally it can wear on you. Like how, how did I like lose my fitness because I don't have that goal anymore to train for. And I've, I've done the very same thing entered into all kinds of different races, marathon, tough mutter, you know, different types of races and you train for those races because you want to perform and do well. But once they end, then there's no real purpose, you know, not as strong of a desire or carrot to keep training. So um, that's another reason why we really want to just kind of understand the importance of goals and where their place really, where their value is, but more importantly, the systems and behaviors that you develop. So yeah. I thought that was a good, a good point. So I knew you'd have some experience there. Okay. Uh, point number four is uh, probably one of the most important points that we're going to talk about tonight. So, um, and it's called the layers of change. And I'm going to describe the layers to you from outside moving inward. And the outer layer of change is uh, the outcome-based change. The middle layer is changing your habits and systems. And the core layer of changing is changing your identity. So you want to expand on any of those? Yeah. Um, I, it all kind of like you start, you start outside, like you, you move your way in and like when you're trying to like change things, um, I guess a good thing for people to do is like when they're trying to change their identity per se is to like look to change different parts of their life before they try and like become the person that they're trying to be. Okay. So like, let's talk about the outer layer first. Okay. So the outer layer is changing the outcome. So that's kind of results based, uh, desire of change. So like you're looking at the outcome and this is how most people approach, uh, creating habits and behaviors is like, they want to try to create a habit or behavior to say, build a business or make a lot of money or to lose weight. Like they're looking at the result that they want to achieve. Um, you know, so that's that's a different look, right? So for example, let's say um somebody that asks you about, you know, do you want a do you want a cigarette? And you're trying to quit smoking. Okay. Right. And you say, you know, no, thank you. I'm I'm trying to quit smoking. And that's results. You're looking for the result of trying to quit smoking. Mm-hmm versus somebody that is 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 identity change they don't identify as a smoker anymore 
So somebody offers you a smoke and you say, oh, I'm not a smoker. That's a different system of way of looking at it right, right off the bat. So the mindset is totally different when you identify with something different, right? So um, do you identify like going to the gym as an example, like I want to lose weight, so I'm going to go to the gym and that's the behavior because I'm looking to, my goal is to lose weight. So it's outcome based versus, you know, when things get hard and difficult and maybe you go to the gym for, you know, 90 days and you've only lost five pounds, you can easily get discouraged in the process. Yeah. I guess a good thing that I've applied to my life in that sense, like say with the gym is I like, I use the word train. I'm going to the gym to train. I'm not going to work out. I'm going because I choose to, and I have to do that. It's mm-hmm. not, a, it's a non-negotiable. Right. It's a non-negotiable because you look at yourself as somebody that is in training. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, another way to look at it is to call yourself an athlete yeah. or somebody that trains. Right. So you may not be competing in any sport, but say you're competing in this game called life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you look at like, say health as a priority for people, People want to be healthy, but they don't see themselves as healthy, so they don't always behave that way, mm-hmm. right? So systems-based is is that middle road um, where you can try to develop systems uh, to be healthy, uh, but they're really hard to continue to follow if you haven't identified with the person that you're trying to become. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so... Uh, for example, I know in, in in the chiropractic practice, you know, we work on helping people to correct posture. So I, I think about, you know, we oftentimes give people these uh, orthopedic appliances to use at home, and they don't always use them. And the reason is, is they're not always comfortable. Yeah. And it's not part of a routine that they're in. And I'm like, well, you guys need to establish a routine. And, um, and I realized this identity thing was really important to the success of this. So, uh, for instance, I said to uh, one of the uh, recent women that I was talking to about using her postural uh, support at home, I said, I want you to see yourself as the posture queen, right? I want you to be the queen of great posture in your family so that when we take a new x-ray of your spine that you actually demonstrate that. So if she sees herself as the queen of posture, and then she'll start to take pride in it Mm -hmm. because we'll notice that she's made a positive impact there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So go ahead. It empowers her to want that for herself rather than you wanting it for her. Yes. Um, In the book, they use an example of somebody that was trying to break the habit of biting their nails. Mm -hmm. And... um, they decide that, you know, I'm going to stop biting my nails and I'm going to actually go get a, a, a manicure. Once my nails grow out, I'm going to get my hands professionally trimmed. So they went in to have their nails professionally trimmed. And the manicurist said, you know, you actually, now that your hands have you know been trimmed, you have actually really nice looking hands. They're very healthy and your nails are very healthy. And so that filled them with like this pride that they no longer wanted to cut their own nails. Like they were like, you know what? I do have healthy hands and I do have good looking nails. I'm going to do this all the time. I'm going to take super good care 
of my nails, yeah. you know, because they identify as someone who has great looking hands and great looking nails, mm-hmm. you know? So just think about like the areas that you want to improve in your life. Who do you have to become? You know, who do you have to identify as to, to develop that? So point number five, and this is our last point is good habits reinforce the identity that you're trying to become. So how does that work? Good habits try to good habits reinforce the identity that you're trying to become. Yeah, when you're chasing that identity that say like we all have different identities, like we're not just one thing that we identify as, we have multiple identities. Mm-hmm. Um but it's those habits that help us create and amplify that identity within ourselves mm-hmm. um say what yeah if you want to jump back to like athletes like they identify as an athlete like michael jordan identifies as an athlete sure he's, i'm sure he still might but he had habits that reinforced that mm-hmm. he would wake up early he'd train he would eat right he'd like go get good sleep and it's those habits that really just compound on each other and reinforce your identity that you're trying to create. Yes. Yes. And and so it, it's also a, you know, a two way street, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You can it's create a, bad ideas. Yeah. Well, it, it's a, it's a positive and a negative. It's like, they call it a double edged sword because here's the thing. Like you can have contradicting thoughts about that. Like say, you know, you want to be good in math and, but yet you tell yourself, you know, I'm, I, I'm terrible at math, so I need to really work on my math. Like, that's a contradiction. Like, you want to be good in math, but you tell yourself you're something different. So that's kind of back to what we we're talking about with your sister, is that it, it can work both ways, as well as, like, if you if you say you're an athlete, but you're not doing the behaviors and the action steps that, that athletes do then it becomes a contradiction. And then you start to doubt your identity as an athlete, or maybe you're not scoring points in the basketball game like an athlete should. Then you start to doubt your athletic abilities. But the key is, is like each habit, you get to vote with those habits, right? So those positive habits reinforce the negative habits, um, contradict. And all you have to do is to win the election. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you don't have to have um, all of the votes in your favor. So you can, you know, have a couple contradictions, but as long as the majority of your habits are in the direction of the identity that you're trying to achieve. I think a big part too, of like say jumping back to like the math thing is like how your verbiage in that mm-hmm. is big because you shouldn't be saying, maybe you are bad at math, but you should never say that you're bad at math because then that creates in your mind that you are. You right. should always be saying that I'm good at this. I can be better. Right. And then that you can just keep the ball rolling on that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've been bad at things before. And the way you that you overcome that is you just tell yourself that, no, I am good at this and I'm just going to be better. Because, like, what is what is the standard? Right. It's always moving. Say with math, like, you don't know, like, like the standard for math is always, like, moving. Like, you compared to someone that is like a nose calculus, like the back of their hand, their standard for knowledge of math is completely different than yours. Right. So your standard of that will change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This, you know, the standard, uh, I, you know, I've, I always like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, 
have a saying. Yeah, that's a good one. The standard is the standard. And this is maybe point five point five point A. Five point one. No rules. Um, yeah, the standard is the standard. And what that really means is that they have set a standard. Yeah. Right. And you get to set your standard, right? You mm-hmm. get to set your own standards. But it begins with that self-talk. And you know, the whole point of this podcast, it's the Limitless Life Network. So we're really trying to flesh out limitations. And oftentimes those limitations are our self-talk, you know, and um, this is how it spills over into your behaviors. And this is how you can really make some great strides over the long haul, because it's not like you're going to see it overnight, right? These things are, and people unfortunately see they they see the highlight films and they think that's what it is. It's all about the result that they see. It's not about the result. It's all about the journey. It's all about the effort and the work that goes in. Yeah, the yeah. journey is awesome. Yeah, the journey is awesome. Yeah, I mean, you're we're all on a journey, right? Yeah. We're always we're always a work in progress. So, yeah. Anything else you want to add to uh, the podcast for this week? I think we said enough. I hope people take a lot from this. Um, <laughs> in the short clip, but yeah. Well, what an honor it is to have my eldest son join me, uh, on the 19th podcast. And next week you want to join us for podcast number 20. Um, but, uh, that's all we have for this week's edition of your weekly limitless life network podcast. And, uh, tune in each and every week as we want to keep you, uh, connected, keep you inspired and keep moving toward your best life by stripping away, your limitations. So we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.